I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinematum. We're just three friends scattered all around the world. Happy we Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. We are the Cinema Guys. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Guys. Coming fresh off our live debut at the Esquire. But yes, we just had really fun event at the Esquire. We yeah. did a screening of Candy yeah, it Corn. Was, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You were there over a hundred people. You were there. You sent the candy corn that we passed out to the that crowd. That was my contribution. Our event at the Esquire was fun. Yeah, it was really, really, cool. really fun. And is it rumored that the Cinema next Guys time was Cinema there? Maiden may the be Cinema simulcasted in. That was a rumor that I heard that, that we were was gonna, a rumor. The Cinema Maiden that we that would what? simulcast you into the event for us, and you could look at the crowd and be like, "Hey, folks!" And then you could be really big on the screen and look over them and be like, "I'm looking down." And be like, Konnichiwa, I'm from Korea. Wrong <laughs> right now. word. If this is your first time in, welcome to the Cinema Guys. Welcome in. And if you are returning for another episode, we'd love having you back. Yeah. As I feel like there's talk. potential to be new. Yeah, we had we had a great turnout. And yeah. I think we did just did the screening for Candy Corn, and that is what this episode is. We will, yeah. are going to talk about that movie. And we also have... An interview with the director, Josh Hasty that we will play for you. And I will say it was kind of cool that what he says in the interview is different than what he said live. Not yeah. different opposing, but different as well, far as content. No, so he doesn't yeah. just have no, like a script he really he was a thoughtful dude who had... Oh, yeah. And like, we also asked him different questions between the two, but yes. Yeah. You, Brad, had, <laughs> having seen the film and me having not... Brad was like asking real questions about the film. I was like, dude, did you cry? Because I cried. Are you crying? Because it's amazing. So it was yeah, kind of dumb questions versus smart questions. That but night was Justin's first viewing of the right, film. Because you would ask me, do you want to see the film yeah. before? And I decided, no, I would yeah. like to partake in it with the rest of the we crowd. We did the interview before the screen. But I think I might have been... Uh, I, well, I thought I was one of the few who had seen it for the first time, but there was a lot, quite a few people there who had seen but it But I do want to thank the Esquire again for doing these screenings with yeah. us. The Esquire I want to thank Josh is for coming out. so amazing yes. for allowing us to do all the things. That I want to thank Josh for coming out for the screening and doing the interview with us. And I want to thank... Epic now, Pictures, because who helped I feel like set up the pretty screening soon, with the movie. Josh is going to be a big deal, and we get to say, "Yeah, we were there. <laughs> we were a part of it, <laughs> and we yeah, were there. We were it was there. a homecoming for him. I like, and I, hope I wasn't he there. Not like it was a. And before we get into the film, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it was a good film, and he's yeah. pretty awesome. Let's keep going. <laughs> let's we'll, keep, we'll talk about that going. later. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, if you're listening, we will, so we will give get you lots into of that accolades a later. little bit later. Yes. But go out to the Esquire because they're an awesome place. Yeah. And see a movie. Yeah, it's always amazing. I kind of miss the Do Esquire. Do you have a Korean is Esquire? There, is, is it called Esquire? Is there an art house type of place in Korea or are they just like 
big multiplexes. No, there's one that's a couple hours away on a subway that I can go to where they actually subtitle Korean films in English, but it's not close by any means. Let's start it off with some top this. So to keep the theme for Halloween and this candy corn movie that takes place during Halloween, we are going to do, for top this, our top three movies that take place around Halloween. So they don't necessarily have to be horror movies based around the Halloween season. Halloween! I added the caveat that we can't use any of the Halloween movies. So you can't be like Halloween 1, 2, and Halloween 45. exactly. Which were none of my options. Okay. So I just put it out there because those would have probably been on my list. So I I, I think I made the caveat for myself. (laughs) So who wants to... We're we're round robin this, right, Cinemaiden? I hate you. So I'll I'll start it off with my number three. My number three... No particular order. An animated film. It's a stop motion animation, which I love. Wallace and Gromit. Paranorman. Oh. No, Paranorman. Oh, Paranorman. Yes. I really like that movie. Norman, was there a lot of Halloween scenes in Paranorman? Well, it is about it's set around the Halloween season, and zomb this kid can see dead people. I did not see this film. No, it was put out by Laika, who did Kubo and the Two Strings, The Box Trolls, Coraline. Those. I like Coraline. That's your number one. That's my number three. Number three. three. I, I'm going particular order. Cinema Maiden is not going particular order. All right. Paranorman. I really like Paranorman. Maiden of the Sin. What's yours? No particular order. I think I mentioned this movie. Except particular Quite often. Order. It is not Pearl Harbor. Pearl it, Harbor. It is no. not Gladiator. <laughs> it is Meet Me in St. Louis. It takes pl- that takes place around Halloween. What the heck is There's a Meet very, Me in very, Sa- Is that like, like Meet Me in Seattle except like the St. Louis it's version? It's Judy Garland. I'll see okay. you on the arc and, and we'll put the lights she, on. There's a very large part of the movie that is surrounding Halloween. Like the little girl gets punched at Halloween and yeah. Okay. Ju- I just think of that movie. Uh, so I, I went like- with, uh, I was thinking, of, I'm trying to think of Halloween movies. I was thinking of times that characters dressed in Halloween costume okay and so my number three is extraterrestrial et et where i only think of oh they were all yes they were in halloween they were that's my number three i liked it obviously everyone loved et but that one in particular was a Halloween first film movie. For me. First movie I got to see in the theater by myself. To this day, I will only eat Reese Pieces, as Ashley knows, because uh, I'll put them on her leg and then I will middle finger them <laughs> into my hand <laughs> yep. and eat them as if I am an extraterrestrial yep. fingering a uh, Reese Pieces for the first time. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Also, uh, I've never nah. seen ET in its entirety. Really. Yeah. Why am I not surprised? I've only seen parts of it. I've seen, I think, the whole movie just in like a lot of segments. That's with, kind of With sad. or without guns? I don't know. I don't remember guns. With or without Drew Barrymore? <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> oh, she's okay. such a great Gertrude. All right. My number two is another fun movie that has kids that I loved when I was younger and I still love today. Is Monster Squad? Oh, Monster Squad is a I great love pick. Monster Squad, 
Have, uh, that was almost on mine. Cinnamon, have you seen Monster Squad? No. Well, she hates the Goonies, and it's kind of like that. Those kids, the but they're going against kids. the classic. Yeah, they're going against Dracula, Wolfman, creature from the Black Lagoon. You know what I like about Korea? I don't get judged for my dislike of Goonies here. <laughs> Maybe they just don't know yet. Mm. So yes, Monster Squad. What what's what's your in no particular order? Your next one on your list. Cinemaiden. Practical Magic. Okay. You mean Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock? Yeah. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've seen that movie. About witches? It's one of those movies that I watch when I just want to have something on and I don't need to actually pay attention because I've seen it so many times. I know everything that goes on in it. Also, I lo- watched it a lot when I lived in Boston, hmm. which is All like right, the perfect magic. setting for it. My Justin. numero duo is a film where they dress in a Halloween f- costume. Halloween, but in this Halloween. case, they go Christmassy for their Halloween costume, but Mean Girls. <gasps> mean Girls. Yeah. I they love They totally that Halloween movie. it up. And Mean Girls is a great, 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 great film. Yeah, it is. So I love Mean Girls, and it's kind of Halloween-y when they're doing their thing. <laughs> so I will when go with that. When they're doing their thing. I like the okay. costumes. All right. My number one is pretty great, though. My number one is all about Halloween. It's an anthology movie, so it's a bunch of different stories. But it's Trick or Ernest Treat. Ernest Saves Halloween. No. Trick or oh. Treat. Arthur's I absolutely sick. love, love, love this movie. It ha- it's So I'm guessing Trick or Treat is on the same level as Ernest Saves uh, it's Halloween. It's close. It's close. It's close. pretty and It's actually Bog Ernest Scared Goblins. Stupid, if you were. Oh, thank you for he correcting saves Ernest Christmas. Scared Stupid. That's where they throw milk on all the trolls, correct? <laughs> and that really Probably, is what changes them? I think so. <laughs> but yes, Trick or, trick or Treat. Oh. I love that movie a lot. Okay. came out just a few years ago. All right. Ash? Uh, it's one of my favorite I'm, movies of all time. I'm going to guess. All time? Let me guess. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I that's figured it was going to go along with the costume. Pretty predictable. I know. But, it's okay. predictable, yeah. but it's one of my favorite movies like ever. My number one. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good movie, and everybody loves that movie. So. My number one, which I cannot believe either of you said, because it is the first thing I thought of when I thought of Halloween movies based around Halloween that weren't really like horror films. And it wasn't Halloween. I cannot believe you didn't think of it. Happy Death Day. Absolutely not. To you. Karate Kid. Oh, no. They dress as skeletons <laughs> and showers. It is the best Halloween costume film ever. Karate Kid <laughs> with Daniel LaRusso, who did- is now... Making a comeback with Cobra Kai season one and two, and also a comic book line. Come oh, on, and guys! A comic book. It is a comic book. It's good. Hmm. Cobra Kai. Who you, Daniel you, Russo? It's who you the shower man. He secretly is, a, tried to get an interview recorded oh, at Comic there Expo. There was no of secret. Him. I got the interview recorded. You just didn't play it <laughs> because you felt it was unethical. Yes. Because I secretly recorded you a secretly conversation. secretly recorded him. I think I recorded him actually saying the Wait. words, I like these cinema guys. Wait, but is, is, a, is Ohio a two-party consent state? Because if not... I don't even know what that means. It's okay. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what that means. So, so I don't in know. California, both parties have to consent to being recorded. In some states, only one party has to consent to being recorded. Mm, interesting. Ohio is probably one of those one-party yeah. things. 
Thanks. That recording's uh, long gone I now. I said yes, but she was like, no. <laughs> I honestly forgot that Karate, Karate Kid, Kid You forgot Karate place, Kid? That it took place that had Halloween in it. It was like I the totally best forgot. scene. They had the coolest skeleton costumes ever. But do you have any out there that maybe we missed? I mean, there's a ton out there. Although Just go over I to wearethecinemaguys.com like and let us know what you think. Before we jump into talking about the movie, Justin and I got to sit down with the director, Josh Hasty and talk the to him before. director and maker. Director, and writer, so much. editor, costume designer. Like, he did a ton on, this, on his movie. But we, before our screening, got to sit down with him and do a little interview. So we're going to play that for you first, and then when we come back after the interview, we will jump into our thoughts on Candy Corn. Here with Josh Hasty, the director and writer of the horror film Candy Corn. I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the Cinema Guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a movie that it took you quite a while to get made, and you had the premiere in Cincinnati, where we're located at Horror Hound, and now coming back around to screen it here on a big screen again in Cincinnati, kind of a homecoming. What is the experience of? getting to take this movie around kind of been? Uh, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, the the Cincinnati screening we did first at Horror Hound was the first time anybody saw it. So I didn't let producers, actors, anybody see what I was working on, which drove them crazy, especially the producers. I just wanted to make the movie I wanted to make. And then if they love it, they love it. If they hate it, they hate it. So that was really exciting to sort of kick off in Cincinnati where, you know, we shot half the film around the Cincinnati area where I'm from. And that was really important to me from the beginning. So to start off at Horror Hound, play it for everybody for the first time. And then after that, going through the sales process, at that point, we had no distribution or anything. That was in March, Horror Hound was, and we sold it in May to Epic Pictures. And then it actually had its official world premiere in LA at the Chinese Theater, September 17th. And then, yeah, it's been nonstop since then, screening all over the country, got picked up in select theaters. So it's, I mean, it's playing all over the country right now, but it's been really cool to go to certain screenings and talk with people and, you know, be in the audience when people are, are watching something that took me so long to make. And now here we are, you know, it's uh, less than a week away from Halloween and we're back in Cincinnati where it all started for me and for the film. And it feels great. Yeah. And this is a, a film that it took you quite a while to get made with trying to get money and just trying to get things together how hard was it to just keep going to get this movie made? That's the thing is like, I feel like every indie film takes a while to get made. And usually, from what I understand, it's trying to raise the money, trying to get the talent on board, trying to convince people, let's make this thing. Candy Corn, actually, we started with a crowdfunding campaign in 2017 and we raised some money 
and had a producer come on board that was supposed to do the rest, fund the rest of it. And so that sort of kick-started what was two years, almost two years to the day of on and off again production. So it really, the hard part for candy corn wasn't the traditional, let's try to get this thing made. We came out of the gates with some money from crowdfunding, shot for a few days, had this producer come on board that was supposed to fund the rest. He fell through completely. So then Courtney Gaines came on as a producer, raised just a little bit of money to get us through four more days of shooting. And by that point, we were just sort of like, let's get together some money and try to finish the rest. And every time we did, it was like another producer was like, well, I can only get this much. And it wasn't like, let's just go shoot real fast. You know, we had locations secured and actor schedules and plane tickets. So when they would fall through, we couldn't just cancel it and wait until more money came in. We had to shoot those few days and then keep raising money and then shoot in another few days. So it was, yeah, it was very crazy. But it wasn't, it was difficult in the sense that it was difficult, you know, as far as like actually getting those people to do their jobs. But as far as like, you know, mentally for me, it was, it was exhausting, but it was never an option to like just throw in the towel. I mean, I always knew this day would come where I was screening it. And as corny as it sounds, you have to believe that because no one else does. No one else is going to tell you like, don't worry, it's going to happen. You know, they do it first. And then after about a year, they're like, well, maybe like, like everybody around me was like, what if we tried like doing this? Or what if, you know, I got this other buddy who wrote a script and he's got money, but he needs a director. I heard that stuff all the Mm -hmm. time. And it was just like, nope, this is what we're doing. And the people who stuck with me got to see it through to the end. And there were a lot of people who just sort of gave up and didn't believe in it. And, you know, now they're telling me on Instagram how proud they are. I don't understand how you find producers. Are they just, are there's just tons of producers, are there forums where like, oh, there's a new producer. Like how, that's foreign to me that there's so many people who would just want to step in and, oh, I have money and take control and then step out. And so I'm interested in how, how do you find these people? Regretfully, I can tell you that. Um, there's a lot of great producers out there. I've only met a couple of them, but there's a lot of great producers and producers are very broad job title. You know, there's producers who are responsible for raising money. There's producers who are just good at giving you feedback on a script or input on an edit. There's producers who are just really good at connecting people uh, who are good at helping with distribution. So at the stage we were at, which is probably the most dangerous, I think, it's people who who see an idea, they love it, and they want their name on it. So they, in their warped minds are convinced that they can raise the money because we didn't need a lot of money. I mean, the money that we spent on the entire production of Candy Corn from beginning to end, I mean, we have actors in this movie that have been paid more than that on other movies they've done. So we didn't need a lot, but we needed more than any of us just had laying around. And so we would meet these people who were just like, you know, through referrals or through, you know, like Justin Mabry is a guy that, that worked on the film. He did the, the makeup effects. He made the mask and he also played Conrad. He knows a lot of people in the industry. So he'd like mm. put words out to people. And, you know, it's always a friend of a friend of a friend. And I think some of them had pure intentions and wanted to help, but just couldn't, which is just just as dangerous as someone who's just full of it because they actually may be a little more deceiving because you're like, they're going to like, these guys are going to do it. It's going to be great. And then three months later you start to realize, Oh my God, this person has no ability to do what they signed up for. My God. And it's, it's hard because like some of them are good people you think, you know, and they're nice, but it's like, 
why did you do this to me? You know, and, and, you, and I, I talked to one, I was like, I really wanted to help. I thought I could, but I just can't. And it's like, but why did you think you could raise them? Have you ever raised that much money before? Why did you think you could do this? You know, so yeah, anybody can say they're a producer. And then ultimately the producer we got, his name's James. He's, he owns the clothing line, Local Boogeyman. He basically, I mean, not, he started this company, Local Boogeyman Productions, because he's, he's a friend of mine and he knew what I was going through. He's like, how much money do you need? I told him, he's like, man, I, I can get you that. Like, I'll, I'll get you that. What do you, you know, what do you need? You know, how, how's this work? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't need you just give me the money and I'll make the movie. <laughs> so he started Local Boogeyman Productions and he's working on other films now. But within 72 hours of a phone call with me, he became a producer. You know, so now he's a producer. So I don't, I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, that's totally cool. Are you allowed to say what your overall like budget for the film was? Uh, I'm just interested because I know you did the directing, the writing, the editing, the costuming. Like, so I'm just interested in what, like, how that whole process works if you're doing most of the work or that kind of work. So I guess money goes into actors and special effects. I did a lot of that because I had to, Yeah. because I just had to. I'll never do some of that stuff again. And, and some of that stuff that you just listed, I really enjoyed doing and I'll do it again. And then there's other things I really love doing that I just can't do again because I need to focus on directing. But yeah, mo I mean, the money goes into things you would never, things you'll never see on screen, permits, mm. uh, airfare, oh, getting yeah. people around, hotels, food you know, all the fees, like the, the stuff like, uh, the, sh you know, all the cars are th authentic, um, s you know, fifties, sixties and seventies cars. Right. So like the sheriff car I had brought up from Nashville. So renting the car is one thing, but then you're paying two car wranglers to be there on set and they're the trailer and the gas and all that stuff. I mean, you eat through money like crazy. Oh yeah, I get that's amazing because I wouldn't have thought of any of those things. And then when Epic or whatever, is that common that you've made a film and then someone comes and buys it? Yes and no. It's not the way you should do it, but it's the way we had to do it because no, no one was offering us money um, and a distribution deal. Now I'm getting offers you know, fortunately, every time I turn around, there's another label or another investor or studio sending me an email because they saw candy corn. It's not the way you do it, I guess, after you have a reason for people to want to invest, you know, into your film. So with Epic, we, we made it, we finished it, we shopped it around and they were just the best, the best fit. Did they change anything when that happened? No. And that's, that's a lot of them happen? do. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah. We talked to a lot of distributors that, that, we're like, this is great. Uh, we, we had one guy that was like, this is awesome. Uh, we want to change the ending. We'll pay for you to reshoot it. And we want to change the name of the movie too. And we'll, you know, here's the money. It's like, nope, not going to do that. What did they um, want to change the name to? They didn't say. It was no. just like, you know, we, we're, we're not crazy about the name. And I'm sure they have a focus group of people or whatever. But yeah, Epic was like, that was one of my first questions. By the time I got on the phone with Rob Galuzzo, who was the head of um, Dread Presents at the time, he's now at Fangoria, but he was with them at the time. And I had talked to just about every distributor you can think of. And when I got on the phone with him, I was just like burnout. I was mm -hmm. done with it. I was ready just to make Blu-rays myself and sell them out of the trunk of my car because it was always the same thing. And, and one guy literally said to me, like, you used this terminology look kid i've done oh. this a million times you've never done this before you know so it's like that's and that's what you deal with it's fine whatever but okay we're not going to work together then and so i i i said to rob i'm like before we even get started like 
what did you not like? What do you want to change about the movie? Let's just get that out of the way. And he was like, well, what do you mean? So like, what, what do you like? Are, you know, are you happy with the edit or the things you don't like? He's like, no, I like, don't touch a thing. Like, are you happy with it? Like, yeah, that's why, you know, I submitted it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. He's like, oh, that's the cut we want. Don't touch a thing. And if you do, please let us know beforehand. Like it was the opposite. You know, they were just like completely like, we love this. Give us this movie. And that's not the case a lot. And, you know, if we talk to maybe, I think it was like 13 or 14 distributors that were seriously engaging, Epic was the one that didn't want to change anything, that respected my vision and what I was doing and just to this day oh. still just let me do what I want and, and, and support it at the same time. Now, you don't strike me as a crier, but did you cry at any point when they were like taking it? Like, did you have a moment of like, this is my thing and people like it and I did it and it's awesome. I want to cry for you because it's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, and I'm, I'm just now sort of getting out of this mindset, but I just was so screwed over mm-hmm. for so long. It was just like, even when I was signing the deal, it was just like, I was telling my fiance, like, well, let's see what happens to screw Aww. this up, you know? And so I'm always, I have my, my guard up at all times with everything still. And I, and I think you kind of need to in this industry. That's um, probably why you wrote a good horror film. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, it, yeah, you have to sort of have your have your guard up and just understand that like not everybody's out to screw you, but most of them are. Now, what was your experience? This movie was all you compared to maybe some earlier films you've done or the work that you did with Rob Zombie doing his documentary on 31. Like what was an experience of seeing a large, larger budget movie like that and then you get to go on to do your own thing? Well, everything I've done excluding the Rob Zombie documentary, everything else has been what I, what would be considered student films. If I had been a film student, everybody I worked with was either in film school at the time or wanted to be, or was it, you know, there was no budget. There was no crew. We didn't know what we were doing. Like candy corn is the first movie I've actually made. And I have stuff that is, you know, people ask me like, well, I looked on IMDb and you have two feature films. No, I have two projects that run over 63 minutes. So they're technically feature films. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my my third birthday party that my grandpa shot on, you know, his his video camera is also that long. That doesn't mean it's a feature film. Uh, That's what those projects are to me. It was learning. And it's weird because nowadays you put something online and it can get out there and people review stuff. And it's like, no, no, I wish I could go back, you know, and just tell people like what it is. Mm -hmm. Don't judge this. Don't review this. But whatever. So I, I do I do 31. That was the first time I was ever on a movie set. And it was great. I mean, I could do, you know, an hour long interview on, on that. And I have many times, but it's um, it was awesome, you know, getting to know Rob and getting to sort of, you know, have him, you know, take me under his wing and learn, you know, how the system works on set. There are certain protocols and there are certain rules that you 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 just would never learn you know like things like you can't run on a on a film set uh that's against that's against the rules like so, the, crews do it. <laughs> <laughs> the actors can do it when they yell action but but you know like little things like that and like when breaks happen in the hierarchy that you know um that exists and all that sort of stuff so seeing that was cool and then yeah that was the first film set i was on and then the second movie set i was ever on was candy corn and so 
I still, you know, still learning. I mean, I look back now as, you know, starting to gear up to work on my next film, just think of like, oh my God, I can't believe I did things that way, you know? And it was just, you know, uh, eight months ago I was, I was on set with Candy Corn. So yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was, this obviously did not have, Candy Corn did not have close to the budget that 31 did. Um, so that was a much bigger thing. The cast and crew, it was just a, a different world, but Candy Corn, after watching that and being a fly on the wall for all of that, I was able to understand a little bit more on on the set of Candy Corn, how things work. What was weird for me was I love filmmaking. I love, I loved everything we were doing. So, you know, I would not realize that like people inherently fear the director, like, and I, it would be, I would talk to, like, I would talk to, like, a sound guy, like, when we first started filming. I'd be like, so what do you think, man? How's it, how do you think today's going? And he, like, freaked out. And he's like, uh, I, I think everything's going great. Look, I don't know. I don't know. And just, like, walked, like, scurried away. I was like, what the hell's that guy's problem? And I said something to someone. I was like, why is he such a dick? And I told, they're like, he's, he's great. What do you mean? And I told him what happened. They're like, oh. And it was a friend that I have is actually the DP, Ryan. And he knows me, you know, we've done a lot of like freelance stuff together before the movie. And he was just like, yeah, um, people generally don't just chit chat with the director. Like (laughs) directors usually like don't talk to people, you know, like there's some that are, but like, it's just sort of known, like don't make eye contact with the director. Don't make eye contact with the stars. Just keep your head down and do your job. And I was, for me, I was just like, that's not how I'm, that's not how I am, you know? But that's sort of, you know, you sort of have to be not a dick, but you have to sort of um, respect that because you can, I think, as a director can throw certain crew and, you know, people off if you are acting like that. Because then they're like, oh, my God, what is he like? Is this a trick? Am I about to get fired or, you know, whatever. So that was an interesting thing I never expected to learn because when I was on 31, everybody's afraid of Rob Zombie because he's Rob Zombie, you know. And I never saw that because I was with Rob from sun up to sundown. So I never talked to the other people. Um, so to me, I'm just chasing him around for two months, just like, oh, it's just, you know, Rob doing what he does. And then now when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, no, no one ever talked to him. Like it was just the assistant director or the producers. That was it. And that's how it works, you know? So it was, it was that was one of the most interesting things that stood out to me is years and years and years of Hollywood have trained people to be afraid of of other people i guess now in your set having like veteran actors like courtney Gaines, pj souls tony todd who are you know kind of icons or people that are known in the horror industry and you know a newcomer like poncho moeller coming you know from his role from 31 did it really help you out having people that kind of knew their way around because it can be very nerve-wracking for a first-time director to work with somebody let alone three people that you grew up watching and i never thought we would cast them it was just a dream and then all of a sudden courtney was on i was like oh my god we got malachi this is amazing and then down the road pj signs on i'm like oh my god linda's here and then the candy man comes on and it was just like all right this is absurd but for them to respect me and to ask me questions how do you want me to do this and it wasn't that they just came in and did it you know because like courtney i i brought him way down like he originally came out like a you know cannonball like had bramford just being very you know like crazy and and and, and off off the cuff and that's not how i envisioned the character so i was first i was nervous and i was like you know what if we did it like this? What if we did it like that? And he could kind of tell, like I had a different thing. So he told me, he's like, 
if you don't like the way I'm doing it, tell me. Mm. Like, I, I can do what you want, but like, you have to tell me this. And he, he pulled me aside uh, during the very first part of production. It was just like, man, you clearly have a vision. Not a lot of first time directors do that. This will be ruined if you don't step up and say what you want. Like, don't be afraid. I know, you know, you're probably excited that I'm, you know, Malachi and that I'm here. And that's obviously why you hired me. Screw that, man. Forget about that. I'm an actor. I'm Courtney. Tell me what you want me to do. And I remember that conversation very clearly. And then after that, I was just like, cool. And then I just started telling him. And then by the time, because this production was so spaced out, by the time we got PJ and, you know, Tony, I was, I was perfectly comfortable just like telling Tony, nope, that's, that's not what I was thinking. What about this? And it wasn't in like a, Hey, do this man. Um, and he didn't take it that way. It was more of like, okay, okay, well, you know, here's where I was coming from. And what do you think about this? And we were able to collaborate. Mm -hmm. You can only do that with great actors. You know, there, if, if I were to give that same sort of direction to someone who wasn't an actor or wasn't a great actor, it wouldn't be Tony Todd performing it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was, it, it, it was exciting. It gave me a lot of confidence and it made me excited to continue to work with more veteran actors and you know seasoned actors like them. Josh, I want to thank you for talking to us. And Justin hasn't seen it yet, but I have, and I really enjoyed it. And I really look forward to what you have coming out next. And thank you again for uh, talking to us. Yeah. Thank you guys for uh, putting on the screening tonight. That's amazing. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am about that and for having me on for, for this. Check out Josh Hasty's Candy Corn. Again, I want to thank Josh for coming out and talking to that us. That was, was such a great interview. It was it, good. It was Actually, really I'm good. glad you were there for it. I was there in spirit. So let's jump into Josh Hasty's Candy Corn. This is a movie that I got to see the first time that he showed Presented this movie to, to anybody. World. Yeah, he, he had he hadn't shown it to his producers, his actors, like anybody before. So essentially, this, so essentially, you were at a movie premiere. Yeah, I but guess you how did so. you get in on it? Because I well, feel like it was actually pretty a big deal, and you yeah, I went, I went you to weaseled your way in somehow. <laughs> kind of did. I went to Horror Hound here in Cincinnati. Horror Hound, Horror Hound, three day horror. I love when Brad con- says horror convention. It's like and, one of those prostitute conventions. And part of <laughs> part of the convention, they do movie screenings. They do like short films right. and then feature films that get submitted. Before I went, I kind of looked through the list. And looked up trailers and what I could find for of course you did movies to see which ones I kind of wanted to try to see, and this was one of them that I saw who was in it. It was like Tony Todd. Okay, we got Candyman. We have Courtney Gaines who was Malachi and Children of the Corn. PJ Souls who was in um, she uh, was you're s- I'm Halloween. Sorry. You're forgetting that he was also in Can't Buy Me Love. And can't buy me love. That was his best role ever. <laughs> that movie but is the best. I I I saw who was in it, and I was like, I need to see it. So when I went to the screening, like it was packed. There were just people w- waiting outside in the lobby, and I was lucky enough to get in when they opened the doors. I was like one of the last people to be able to get in. And did because you I was like by did myself? You bl- 
Black Friday elbow your way in there. Yeah, I was like, let me in. I need to see this movie. That's how I got but, in. Yeah, I know. I, I was know. I was sitting towards the back, and it you know it's in a hotel conference room, so there's just kind of a small screen way up at the end of this room, and I'm in the back and just kind of like not my glasses <laughs> <laughs> on my nose. I got I got to see the movie, and both of you, I think it was that night or the next morning, I messaged you and I said, "Hey, I wanna I wanna try to screen this you movie." You did. Here. I remember that because I, do I mean that. I saw it and I just and we were I like yeah I thought it was great bread. Yeah. <laughs> what is I was you like were, oh sure God. sure sure you're like yeah yeah horror film okay whatever yeah and it, it just things worked out like I went to well fast the panel. forward yeah I went to the panel for the movie say, the next day I'm pretty impressed you caught news of a film that you thought was good yeah, but that i really liked and i wanted to like the rest of the world including epic films seemed to also think was really good yeah and it became way bigger yeah fast forward there was talk back and forth and we were able to work out getting it screened here and, and to, but also the nationally and, man like, and it was Kind of, a, it was a homecoming for for Josh because the a lot of the movie was filmed here, just outside of Cincinnati. He grew up in Cincinnati, so he has you know ties to the city. So it was just kind of cool to bring this movie, be able to be part of a screening, bringing this movie kind of back home. Well, and I went in sort of odd because I didn't know what I thought of the film because I didn't see it, but I also met him. And I like every person that I meet. So I was like, oh, this is, he's a good guy. Yeah. And I was really conflicted about, ah, am I going to like yeah, this? Yeah, you, you, you sat down, you got to talk because to him I liked before. Him, I thought he was cool. <laughs> I liked what he had to say. And so I was like, I You're really like, I hope, hope I, I like, like this movie. movie. Because our track record, <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> you can back me up. Of I, watching rando horror mm. films. Let's just say not our track Brad record. Has been my, pretty horrendous. We'll say my track yeah. record bringing horror movies to you guys has well, not gone well. to be well. fair, the last one you brought us before Candy Corn was quite dumb. Quite, quite this different. Is dumb. It was I quite was, different. I remember watching being like, okay, I guess this is cool. I guess this is what a... Uh, independent, independent horror, horror film is okay. it's really stupid and so, really dumb and then going into this you're like oh it's and another so i indie really horror. did actually have those qualms and it was actually and actually i don't know if you feel like this but i felt like in minute like one of the boy Min- riding one no right, really like the right boy the riding the bicycle i immediately go in my head Oh, this is this is actually something good. This is not the dumb, yeah, stupid. Yeah, when I saw it, when I saw dumb, that, I was like, "Oh, the thing we the saw before, stylizing or the actual." You're like, "Oh, this is a real much film. better, right?" Yeah, it it sells itself from the very well, beginning. Like, oh, okay, this is actually a guy well, who, right, who knows right what he's off. doing. Like, I that scene, it's a great film. The way the way it's framed, I love that scene. Yeah. How it's like a long shot, and he just oh, the bike everything. just rides across, and you're like, and then the the title comes up. It it, it right from the bat, it feels, but and it like feels an old right. Oh, it feels like horror movie. Uh, well, and and, like, and you go old horror because you like that because style. I, love but that I just stuff. immediately go, okay, serious film. 
Okay, this okay. is a real film. I, I immediately go in my head, oh, okay, this is actually going to be good. Whereas before, from minute second, I was like, mm, okay, this is going to be dumb. Okay. But this one, I was like, oh. And I, I actually, t- it- I tried to convey to Josh several times afterwards, like, oh my gosh, man, I really liked it. And yeah. I hope he appreciated how much I really was like, this was a real film. This wasn't dumb. This wasn't silly. This wasn't like, hey, look at my joke of a film. This was like, oh man, you did a good job. It was good. And for, I liked those. And for someone, coming. because both of you are not horror fans at all. Like, right. like, like, like I, I am. am definitely not. You're his, a little bit more than I am, Ashley. No, I'm not. His film is very much a a love letter to like right. he said horror movies that he has loved. So I mean they're the same horror movies I grew up loving that I still watch like Halloween and 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 all of those that this just has that, you know, Halloween feel and it gives me that feel of those movies that I love. Well, and for and you, I, you didn't have that I feeling have going it, right. in. So you you just legitimately like but I, is, I will tell I like you this, this that recently I've had a new appreciation in my life. Like, and this is a lot to you, Brad. Like, you, you know, and when I first met you, I was like, I don't like horror. Films. Yeah. You're like, I yeah, really yeah. like them. And so I thought you were going to say, oh, when I first met you, I didn't like you. So you <laughs> drug me to like things I hated, like Green Inferno. Well, and I, things we went to like, ones that were, that were not that good. Oh, God. I'm going to go because and I'm like, I like Justin's never going to like a horror I was movie. like, I like my friend Brad, so I will go <laughs> and I'll, I'll watch whatever. But what I've recently come to realize is that these films, especially these uh, one like Josh made, really digs into this archetype that we have created that there is evil in the world. Yes. And this, so in this case, it's Candy Corn. It's this guy who is the evil, who is going to reconcile the right and other and other films, it's Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it, there is the evil that we are running from or combating. Or and he did a good job of showing here. You know, here's the bad guys. Here's the evil yeah, they're, that they're, they're like that's, the bullies. Yes, and here's the evil that overcomes those. But at the same at the same time, while the evil fought the bullies. The evil still killed the the police officer who was the good guy, he, right? He didn't do anything bad, right? Correct, but the killer Jacob did not kill the police officer, right? But he so, still died. He still died. Yes. But so the killer, so evil itself. The, but you know, the killer Jacob was not able to reconcile Grace. So the girl Correct. who felt remorse, oh my gosh, we've done this horrible thing. We should not have been a part of this. I'm going to go reconcile this. The evil was not able to reconcile. The yeah. evil was only yeah. able to see evil. Uh, I actually should have asked Josh about that that night, what he thought about that. I didn't ask him because I just thought about it now. But like, I feel like she deserved grace. Because yeah, that's because of who you are as a person, though, Justin. You think? Yeah. Do you? You think, don't think she deserved you think, grace? You didn't think she no, deserved grace? I think that I think that that's because the three of us believe in that kind of stuff and believe that people should be given a second chance. I don't think everyone. But thinks it's that. not second chance. It's 
we are all mistakes. We all make mistakes. I think that that's so just we're not giving second chance. We we're are. just giving grace. I, I agree. But in this case, Candy Corn was not able to divvy out grace. He was only able uh, to divvy out. I like out that you call him Candy Corn. Vengeance. Well, he doesn't have a name. <laughs> Jacob. Well, Jacob, but at that point, he's not Jacob anymore. Like when anymore. he's the creature. I, he's not Jacob he, anymore. He doesn't. He is now Candy Corn, okay. correct? He is now uh, Candy Corn. He is now Candy Corn. Henceforth, Justin calls him Candy Corn. But uh, I think that, I think Creek, that the, the idea that the, the Candy Corn can't reconcile the remorse is because it sees it, everything as very black and white. Like you did an evil thing, therefore you are evil. Or right. Well, or I don't even consider point, candy corn a thing anymore. It is now Poncho's. Yeah, at that uh, point, character. He's, he's no longer Jacob. He's Jacob as a, pawn, a vessel, a pawn for whatever of, it was that Doctor right. Death brought back into his body. Which, in the end, Doctor Death is only doing for monetary gain. Yes. And I feel Which is and I low feel, monetary gain at best. And I feel this isn't the first time that he has done this. Yes, obviously. like I feel like well, you he know, had that book already. That he did. What the the odd thing about that though is that if if we're just going by the narrative of the story, is that Doctor Death had compassion, had a sense of tribe. He had a sense of you're part of us. He gave him that speech yeah. in the beginning. You're part yeah, yeah. of us now. I mean, you can't. And he pulled out this, you know, death book with the death mask. And he wanted to exact vengeance, which we all wanted as an audience. Like, oh, yeah, that guy was a dick. Yeah. He should be yeah. punished. Punished. At the same time, it goes too far. I think the mask goes too far. It, it, it goes into the girl. It, goes, it doesn't see remorse. It doesn't see any sort of penance. It just sees exact vengeance, which is a system that none of us yeah. want to live by. We don't ever want to live by that vengeance. No, no, no. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a dark force that came back to seek That's not vengeance good. for it's a wrong. That's not a good force, correct? No. I wouldn't see it. I mean, it, I, it, I mean, it's, it's we it's like still that. killing people. We want that main guy. We want the son of the sheriff. We want him to not be alive because he's a horrible person. Yeah, he is not a the best of people for sure. But everyone else, we don't really know. Does that mean that you think evil people should die? No, absolutely not. I don't think anyone should have died. Yeah, same. Especially not if anyone. If I'm going with exact. Justice, maybe the main guy. He was horrible. He's really mean. But Dr. everyone Death? else, no, no, no. The kid, the sheriff's oh, son. Oh, the main. He kid. was not a good person. No. Everyone else seemed like eh, they're, they're just they're, they're just going along with what he wants to do. Right. Where he he's the overall bully, bullying them, but they follow him. I didn't like that the girl stood up and she still had her tongue ripped out. That's so, yeah. I feel like that was the spirit's inability to discern anything. I feel like yeah. that was a fault in the spirit. And I just, I'm thinking about now that spirit was very undiscerning to be able to say, ah, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pass grace on this. And I'm not on that. Yeah, but it's it, a very it, undiscerning spirit. It, I mean, it was just a dark spirit that this person of Jacob was wronged. So yeah. 
it's strictly revenge. Right. It doesn't matter. Like this is the group of people that right. did it to me, so they all have to go. And, and even in, when yeah. we talked to him after the movie, he even stated and, about the way they you know, killed. I do get that. Like they, did, like the first kid was kind of spineless. It was pretty That's senseless why he got violence. his. It's like, why are we beating this dude? His, you know, backbone ripped out. The other friend basically didn't listen to anybody else, so he he got his ears ripped off. The what girl about, didn't really. Yeah. They he said didn't really speak up or try to say enough. So, therefore, she got the tongue ripped out, and then he got the worst of it with the arms and the teeth at the end. Yeah, Ashley, not hearing what we heard, what was your take on all of it? <laughs> and as you also are not a horror movie fan. I just don't, I so, just don't like horror films. They're just too gruesome for me. I don't I don't mind the the story. I don't mind the everything, except for the gore. Like, I just don't want to watch her tongue get ripped out. I don't want to watch his teeth get pulled. I don't want to watch that. I hear you. And it wasn't, I mean, yes, it was, that, that has, really gore, that has it nothing to do with the quality of this film. I think the quality was very good. I think the story was very good. I just do not like watching those kinds of scenes, which I feel like is a completely different issue than if the film was good or not. So I don't want to confuse that. I did close my eyes for all the scenes where but things I, were so, gross. I actually brought up Can't Buy Me Love to, to Josh. I, I actually didn't think of, of Children of the Corn, which I should have because of the f- horror film. But I thought of Can't Buy Me Love because, A, I love, love that movie. It's freaking amazing for an old 80s film. So just know that. <laughs> but B, his character was the one who was terrorized on Halloween night. If you remember the film, which... Clearly, I, I, looking I at don't. your faces, yeah. you do not. I do not. <laughs> but in the actual film, uh, the guy, the one kid who is now McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy, okay, got cool. And when he got cool, on Halloween night, he threw bags of dog crap onto uh, the sheriff of this film's porch, mm. into which this sheriff of this film had to go out and stamp out and realized that it was his friend who sold him out. And so, for me, I actually thought it was purposeful because it was a Halloween night where this dude was duped in Can't Buy Me Love. And now he's the sheriff and of this town. And now he's the sheriff of this town. I actually, On Halloween. I actually, because I said immediately, was this the guy from Can't Buy Me Love? And that guy was like, yeah, but that's not a big deal. You might know him from <laughs> Children As of the Corn. Malachi from Children and of the Corn. And I was like, Witch. yes, you're right. That's totally that's, a that's bigger most, role. Yeah, but most people would know him from. No one knows Can't Buy Me Love, which was an amazing film. I loved Can't Buy Me Love. But really, it was him not succeeding on Halloween night. Now, Cinemated, let me ask you, what? you know, you're not big on horror. And your biggest thing is gore. You know, watching this, is it different from watching, say, It or Us or any of those other, yeah. quote, horror films that we've watched? I like those. There's not, like, I'm not watching Teeth Get Ripped Out. Like, it's just too real to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You it's don't just, really see teeth get ripped out in this, though. I mean, it, but it's, it's also just bloody. Like I mean, it, it, it's bloody. It is, there's a lot of blood in... I mean, you don't see the physical teeth come out. There's that implied, and probably your mind fills in that gap. 
I, I can understand. I can understand. I just don't the, like that difference. I don't like it. I don't okay. like that part of it. I don't like that part of all horror films. It's not this film. It's all of them. <laughs> what do they call I them? Can, I can psychological understand. ones. They're more psychological. The what? Like I feel like it is more like it feeds on fears instead of like looking at blood. Yeah, but it is also a film that you get to benefit from CGI. That was the thing with it in the end. Well, this is dumb now. We get to see the giant clown chasing us around. I'm not talking giant... about it in particular. I was just an example. Because oh. <laughs> I thought it was actually kind of dumb in the end. Like The second one I thought Whereas was I dumb. thought this never got dumb. It was like, oh, well, I don't know what really is happening next. Really? You didn't think it was predictable? I didn't. I did. I mean, I, ga- I was gathering that... Candy corn would kill Get the through people all the that people. kill that beat the crap out I of mean, him. I mean, like the like even the like I wasn't I feel, gathering like that it was Doctor Doom who was like Doctor Death. So in the end, sorry, in the end, this isn't a film about candy corn. It's a film about Doctor Death and another sort of you know hash mark on his belt. That Dr. Death gets as he collects his stories throughout time. So it's really a Dr. Death story that maybe we'll see more of or less of in the future. But really, it's not really a candy corn story. It's a Dr. Death story. Oh, here's another notch on his film. Like, this is where these teeth came from. This is where this... Like, he doesn't care. Oh, yeah. It ends with the tooth necklace of right. oh are these real human teeth yeah yeah i, I got yeah. i got you yeah now since you were saying about the horror movies horror movies i feel like are everybody has the same formula yeah there, there is a lot of that similar and i formula. think i think that's just why felt. the genre is not my favorite the formula was there, like, there's always the people that are having sex that die. There's always the girl that dies, and there's always the guy who did the wrong that's the jerk that dies. There's always the mean monster yeah, that comes right. and and kills all the people. Yeah. And, and this movie, I mean, he set it up as an homage to all of that, which like, I understand yeah. that it, it, you gotta see yeah. boobs. You gotta, you gotta see, see us. yeah. You gotta have that one crazy guy that everybody laughs at. That's yeah, exactly the Gus. My everybody knows scene the Gus in the whole film. Actually, wasn't really Gus. It was the coworkers' reaction to Gus, where he's like, "Man, you are the coolest." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Yes, that's the best reaction to this horrible character." Yeah. But we all know a Gus, or we are a Gus, whichever. Yeah. You, Brad, you, you are a Gus. Um, okay, going I'm kidding, to I'm the kidding. actual um, like facts of the movie. So I had no idea that the secretary of the film was a big deal. So the secretary of the sheriff's office. Oh, PJ Souls. She apparently was huge that she signed on to this film, that she yeah. decided to do this film because she was in retirement. She had retired. And most people who had asked, you know, that asked her to do a movie or want her to come she back no. and do a movie, it's because she was jimmy lee curtis's friend in halloween oh wow that's awesome so yeah that's that's what people mostly know her from she was oh you're in halloween the african-american dude was a big deal yeah tony todd that was Candyman. yeah both of them were big deals so i only know him from the rock 
He's one of the soldiers. <laughs> because you, yeah, because you don't watch horror movies. I so don't like, watch horror films. Uh, these so three I, the time actors. I was like, that's the guy from The Rock. <laughs> this is the guy from Can't Buy Me Love. Yes. Yeah. The guy from Can't <laughs> Buy Me Love, the guy from The Rock. I didn't know who she was. So and I. So Dr. Death. Being a film you know, person who's in the film, I, I realized the characters, but just did not put them in horror films. Any and, of them. And Dr. Death, who Poncho Moller, who I absolutely loved in the movie. I thought what, he did a and great I, job. I looked at his IMDb yeah, and he's, he's only in horror films. He, so he's, I did not he's know done him. some Rob Zombie movies and uh he's a skateboarder. So he's yeah. he's fairly new to you know, movies. He hasn't he doesn't have a ton of movies under his belt. Right. So, but I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought he was really good in the movie. I did think the actors did a really good job. Yeah. He, he was really good with that creepiness, especially when he's talking to the sheriff and he, he just calls him Sam, you know, just calls him by his first name. It's not sheriff. And it's just like, okay, Sam. Or, yeah. Like when he comes into the house, when he's just sitting in the chair waiting for him before, you know. The thing uh, happens bad to him, and he turns yeah. into a human jack-o'-lantern. But <laughs> that was that's my jack-o'-lantern. That was your favorite part of the movie is seeing the yeah. sheriff as a jack-o'-lantern. I loved it. Really did it for me. But overall, I thought overall I thought fun. it was a really good movie. I've watched it quite a few times Borrow already. It. But I have the Blu-ray. <laughs> Justin has seen it, and he now owns it. That's right. So that is a big deal yeah in, in justin's world it's true as excited as i was in march when i saw this at horror hound that I, you guys finally watched it and you both you both didn't hate for it the most part liked it yeah yeah you didn't hate it like i'm like yes like another I won one, one. You did, <laughs> I, won, I got one you did win with this one brad <laughs> see this i'm excited to see what josh does next to see where his the horror movies go. I mean, he mentioned that Candy Corn. He has he's got it mapped out for a trilogy. He's always wanted it to be three. So I would like to see where that Doctor Death and everything goes from here. But just seeing, you know, what he does yeah. next, and I look forward to it. Yeah, totally agreed. You should go to our Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com slash the cinema guys. Slash the cinema guys. We are talking of content, hopefully, that we can start putting up there for our patrons. Mm. Head over to patreon.com slash the cinema guys. Let's jump into some at home recommendations. Ashley, what you watching you at lots. home? Anything in Korea that you've uh, seen that you want to recommend? I have been watching Friends. <laughs> now, let me ask you, the in Korean Korea, friends. like, is your Netflix the Korean Netflix, or it do you sure have the is. American? I get a lot of, like, uh, movie posters with Korean words on them on my Netflix. <laughs> it's okay. r- real weird. And in you, I mean, you probably get some movies that we don't get on our Netflix here. But that's what I'm curious about. The good places here. The good places on Netflix here. The first three the first, seasons. Yeah. Are. Season the season is not. Ones. Season four is on my Netflix. Five is where they're at. Interesting. Now. Is no, it five? No, they're on four. Yeah. I thought it was only four. 
I think it's. I think they're releasing four, four right now. So they released Good Place episodes of season four weekly on Netflix here. Oh, oh. Wow. so kind of like how we would get it on Hulu here. Yeah. So Netflix it does Netflix it for that here. Uh, oh, so I've been watching. A, I've been watching a lot of Friends, and I'm watching some Korean dramas that you guys won't want to watch. Is there any Korean dramas, movies, or anything you want to recommend? Uh, there's one on Netflix called Vagabond which people have been really loving and also my country i haven't watched either mm. of them but people really like them so you'd recommend them but you haven't seen them yeah i'll when i start watching them i'll, I'll see if i recommend them or not <laughs> all right justin you said you have a lot uh like, netflix like There's two a bunch one so just popped out the other day daybreak on netflix it is probably one of the oh you were talking about it's this the other super day. fun it's basically ferris bueller's day off Meets the Warriors, meets Zombieland. So fun, so good. You should see it. It's I'm on episode two, and I love it. Um, the other one is, uh, you know, again, I, I think I mentioned, but Raising Dion is amazing on Netflix. Uh, another one is Living With Yourself. That's with the Paul one I was going to, I forgot about. You told I me to watch it. it I like it. It's so good. You should watch it. Uh, another one is Modern Romance, which is basically the black mirror of romantic comedies and it's amazing on amazon prime you should watch it modern love so good each episode is an independent episode it's so encouraging so fantastic i think that's it what we're watching now that's it this week yes all right brad i've been watching i'm still on my trying to get to 31 horror movies for the month of october oh yeah um, but one of them I watched the other day that I rewatch every so often that I just really like is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend seeing it. And it's it just really a, is about killer clowns. It's about killer clowns from outer space. They come down and they have a gun that shoots. They put them in little um, cotton candy cocoons. I actually have really like that, that movie. Shoot at people. Cool. cool. <laughs> but it's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. The other thing I will say to watch is the Watchmen series on HBO. So good. I Episode need to figure out how to watch it. Oh my gosh. Awesome. So freaking good. But yes, Watchmen. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I can't wait to see what else happens. Cool beans. So thank you for listening to another episode of The Cinema Guys. Again, I want to thank Josh. I want to thank the Esquire, Epic Pictures. They were all awesome in getting this all set up for us. I want to thank everybody. We will be back in a couple weeks with Terminator Dark Fate. The Cinemaiden is super excited for this one. I think it's going to be the highlight of my year. But until next time, maybe we will see you at the movies. I have a country accent. I got scared. <laughs>